with all your heart? Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you for the opportunity to come and fellowship around your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. And as we gather here with expectation to not hear from a man, but to hear from a man of God, I thank you, Father, that our hearts are open, our minds are receptive. And as we receive the incorruptible seed of your word into the spiritual places of our being, that our lives will be transformed for the better. And as I decrease, I thank you for the anointing that's already present in this place and the powerful anointing that's on your word is going to saturate every part of every heart and every life. Thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word as it is spoken and taught. And we believe that our lives will be changed for better. If you believe that, say amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. I'm excited this morning. Over the last two weeks, we've been discussing the importance of producing fruit. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, have you start producing fruit yet? And so far, we've discovered that there are two ways that a person can produce fruit. And the first way we looked at was through what we call works or good works, which I'm going to change the word from works to service. And then the second way that we've discovered, which was last week, which was through our wealth, and I'm going to change that to through our sowing. Amen. And today we're going to finalize this particular discussion on producing fruit. And if you're already taking notes, our lesson title for today is Producing Fruit Through Showing. Everybody say showing. So what does that mean? Well, so far we looked at producing fruit through our service. Then we looked at producing fruit through our sowing. And now we're looking at producing fruit through our showing. And some of you all may mean, may be thinking, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church is very simple. And it is to know Christ and to what? Make Him known. And in order for us to carry that vision out, in, pract- in practical ways, is the first thing is we're going to know Christ personally. Everybody say personally. And then the second thing, and this is why, let me just say this while we're on that one. This is why we extend an invitation every Sunday for someone to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just on last Sunday, we had over 40 individuals who made decisions 
and a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you would, just give the Lord a hand clap. Just last week. Never judge a church based on how much people run. Or how much people shout. Or how good the music might be. What you need to judge a church on is the fruitfulness of that church. And let me say this to you. People get saved here every Sunday at Word of Truth Family Church. Amen. So we're going to know him personally. Then we're going to grow in him internally. Then number three, we're going to show him externally. This is why I'm talking about it. And then finally, number four, we're going to go sharing Christ globally. And whether you've known it or not, my focus this year has been just like that. In other words, the first three months of this year, the first quarter, I focused our teaching on knowing him personally. And that's why for Easter, I had you to bring people who were not saved. And we had over 70 people to receive Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday alone. So we have to know him personally. And then the second quarter, I focused on growing in him internally. And that's why Pastor Che's message on relationships was so great. Well, our third quarter is I'm going to talk about is expressing him or showing him externally because it's no good if you know the things of God and know the word of God if you're not going to show the word of God in your life. Can you say amen to that? So we're focusing on showing Christ externally and we must manifest fruit in our lives in order for people to see that. So the goal of today's message is to show you the third and final way that we are to produce fruit in our lives, which is through producing fruit from the Spirit. So find uh, John chapter 15 verse 16 that has been our text for the last three weeks here, John 15, 16. And then I want you to find Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. I'll say that again. John chapter 15, verses 16. And then Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. Now, last week we talked about three things about producing fruit. We talked about producing fruit as a requirement because as sons and daughters of God, we are expected to produce fruit. And in John 15, 16, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Everybody say producing fruit is a requirement. It's a requirement. Now, when we looked up that word fruit, it means three words. Let's see how good of a class you've been. It means works, acts, and deeds. Amen. So the word fruit means works, acts, or deeds. So producing fruit is a requirement. But we also found out there's... Uh, Producing fruit has a reason. And there was a threefold reasons. First of all, for God to be glorified. Number two, for souls to be served. And then number three, for souls to be preserved. In John 15, verses 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Everybody say, God is glorified. And then the third thing we looked at last week is that producing fruit has a reward. And the reward, we call that reward asking status. In other words, when Jesus said we produce fruit, he said you'll be able to ask the Father for whatever you want. And that's why I've shown you two ways to produce fruit so far. I've shown you how to produce fruit through your works in the kingdom. 
And if you haven't got in that, man, you need to get into it because there's an opportunity for you to have asking status. Then the second thing I showed you is that we can produce fruit through our wealth or through our sowing. Well, this morning now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I think this puts the, the cherry on the top because a lot of times we don't see the, uh, the motivation behind living right. How many know our goal as believers is for our lives to be a mirror or an, a, a reflection from the Word? Amen. Well, in Galatians chapter 5, let's look at the third and final way of how we can produce food in our lives so that God's blessings will flow through our lives uninterrupted. Uh, so I have three points for you this morning. They're very, very simple. Here's point number one. And that is, the Spirit must show. Everybody say, the Spirit must show. Now in Galatians 5, look in verse 22. He says, but the Spirit, but the fruit of the what? Now the word fruit there is the same word fruit over there in John chapter 15. So what he was saying is, the fruit of the Spirit or the works, the acts and the deeds of the Spirit is what? Love, what else? Joy, what's the third one? Peace, what's number four? Long-suffering, number five. Gentleness, number six. Goodness, number seven. Faith, number eight. Meekness, and then the final one is what? Temperance. Now, I'm going to briefly kind of give you definitions of each one, and I'm not going to take long. This is one of those CDs that you need to make a part of your, your CD library. Because this is one you'll need to play over and over and over again. And so let's just look at the word love because the reason I'm going through these is the only way that we're going to be able to produce the fruit of the Spirit is to know what that fruit looks like. And the first fruit of the Spirit, he says, is love. And what is that? That's the word or love that God uses to show toward men, that men uses to show towards God, that God used to, to show toward Christ, and Christ used to show toward us. Basically, it's the unconditional and consistent love that God uses to love my, mankind with and that he gives to us so that we know and have the power to love others through. Now, keep your hand here because we're going to come back, but I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. God will never, everybody say never. God will never ask you to do something that he's not already given you the power and the ability to do. Now, notice here in uh, Romans chapter 5, I'm going to look in verse 5. It says, and hope make it not a shame because the love of what? The love of who? The love of God has been what? Shed abroad. Where? In our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. In other words, what he's saying here is the same love that God has. The same love that God is. And the same love that God uses is the same love he has shed abroad or poured into our hearts. And he did that when we got born again by the Holy Spirit. So whether you believe it or not, you have the capability and you have the ability to love people and yourself with the love of God. Amen. So now, 
We're talking about love. Here's the second one. He says, in order for you to produce the fruit of the Spirit, you must manifest joy. And the word joy just means cheerfulness, calm delight, and gladness. And I, and I want to just emphasize this one because so many believers look like they are too sad to be one. Some of you here don't look any different than unbelievers on your job because you're always complaining. You're always sad. You're always full of trouble. And they're looking at you and they're going, man, why should I serve the God you got? I mean, some of us look like when we wake up in the morning, we look like we slept in a bathtub with water in it. You know what happens when you take a bath for a long time? What happens? You get wrinkled all up. Well, some of us look like that. We wake up spiritually. We just look like we're wrinkled up. Everybody say, you must manifest joy. Here's number three. He said, peace. And peace is a state of national tranquility. It means an exemption from the rage and havoc of war. Watch this now. It means peace between individuals. It means harmony. It's also the Hebrew word shalom, which means security, safety, and prosperity. God wants us to walk and manifest peace. So everybody else may be in the midst of confusion, but we have the peace of God, the Bible says, which passes all understanding. So even though I'm not exempt or you are not exempt from problems, problems will not take my joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if I release my joy, my strength leaves. And if my strength leaves, the Bible says you cannot handle situations without your strength. Amen. Let's look at number four. Number four was the word long suffering. Let me just say this about peace real quick. Write down Romans 15, 13. Here's a verse that I thought was good. It says, now, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. But then he says, in believing. The reason why a lot of people don't have peace is because they're not believing. You say, Pastor, believe in what? Believe in what the Word says. So if he says he's going to work that together for your good, that's exactly what he's going to do. So I'm going to have peace in the fact that God's going to work it out. So I don't have to worry about, well, how he's going to do it. That's not my worry. The next one is long-suffering. Long-suffering means patience, endurance, and constancy. Here's my definition of long-suffering. It means extended patience. Everybody say extended patience. It means extended patience. Uh, Hebrews 6.12, you can just write it down. It says that you be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patience, that word patience is also the word long-suffering there, is those who inherit the promises. So some of the God's promises will only come through our patience or what I call our extended patience or long-suffering. Here's number five. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you going through these? Because I need you to see if you are doing these things, because if you're doing these things, then this is another way of producing fruit in your life. Amen. Here's the next one. Gentleness. Now, this word gentleness means kindness, mildness, and goodness. It means kind behavior. I have never met so many mean Christians in my life in this day. Just mean and blaming on the Lord. 
Here's the next one. Goodness. Goodness means to be generous. It means moral excellence. Amen. Number seven, he says, if you want to produce fruit of the Spirit, you have to have faith. And that word faith, when you look it up, it means faithfulness. And faithfulness means a consistent conviction of truth as it pertains to God. In other words, when you start manifesting fruit of the Spirit, you'll begin to manifest this word faithfulness. Faithfulness means a consistent belief in the things of God. You're not a person who is slipping and sliding on whether this is true or not. You know, the Bible calls people like that children. He said, don't be like children tossed to and fro with every wind and doctrine whereby men lie and wait to deceive. In other words, you hear something over here and, and it, don't, it don't sound right, just by right, but you let it get you all off. You cannot convince me that God don't heal. Now, you may not have to believe it, but I believe it because I've already seen him heal me and others. It's too late. Amen. You don't have to believe that tithing works. It's too late. I've seen it work for me and I've seen it work for other people. But see, what we do, we let the lies of the situations of people's lives. See, what? let me tell you something about people. They never tell you the whole story about what they're going through. Tithing don't work. They didn't tell you they've only tithed one time in 365 days. Amen. Here's number seven. Meekness. Everybody say meekness. Meekness. And that means humility and to be mild. That means to not be prideful. And pride is just thinking about yourself above what the word says about you. Now, don't think that meekness means to let people run over you. That's not what it means. But it does mean humility. Amen. There are many pastors that I deal with whose churches are not even a fraction of the size of our church, but I still deal with them with humility and respect. Amen. It's not about how big our church is or not. It's about me, watch this, still respecting the Christ in them who still lives in me. Amen. And then here's the last one. It's temperance. And the word temperance means self-control. It means to be able to manage one's attitude and actions. Amen. It also means this, the state of being chaste, which means, watch this, to be abstinent or to go without sexual intercourse, to be a virgin or to be sexually pure. It means to make a vow of chastity. Now, if you're married, this doesn't pertain to you. Unless you're looking outside of your marriage. Amen. So when, he, when you hear the word temperance, he's meaning control your flesh in a sexual way. Control your attitude and control your actions. Can I hear an amen from everybody? Amen. So the first one, uh, the first point that we looked at is that, you know, we ought to let the spirit show. Here's now num number two. Is that we must let the flesh go. If you're going to let the spirit show, you got to let the flesh go. Now go to Galatians in chapter 5. What was interesting is that notice here, he says now, the fruit of the spirit is, and he begins to name those. Well, in chapter 5, look in verse 19, now he starts out, 
that the works of the flesh, I'm going to call it the fruit of the flesh. Just like you have the fruit of the spirit, you can have the fruit of the flesh or the works of the flesh. Now, why am I bringing these up? I'm bringing these up so you can see that if I'm doing these things, I'm not producing fruit from the Holy Spirit. And if I'm not producing fruit from the Holy Spirit, guess what? I can't have asking status in certain areas of my life. Now notice what he says. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit or the works of the flesh are manifest or known or they show which are these. What's the first one, class? Come on, class. Come on, don't be scared to say it. Adultery. If the Bible said, I can say it. Adultery. Now that means to have sex with someone other than who you are married to, point blank. Here's number two. He says, adultery is the first one. What's the second one? What is it? Fornication. Now, we have a, you know, we think that word fornication just means to have sex outside of being married. That's not the only definition of this word fornication. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for this word fornication is the word pornea, which is where we get our English word from, pornography. So the word fornication in the Bible means illicit sexual intercourse or sexual activities. Illicit sexual activities. And this can range from pornography all the way over to any sexual related activities. Because see, our young population these days have started, got, they got to the point where they think they're smart. They may not have physical sex, but they do other things to satisfy themselves sexually. And that is still wrong. That's still coded as fornication. If you get on your computer and you're looking at pornography, that is considered fornication whether you are married or not. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but he's talking to somebody in here though. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I just want to cover this quickly because most people don't realize the benefit of maintaining a sexually pure life. And if you have kids in here that's 13 up, 10 up, it's fine. They need to hear this because they're hearing it already at school. They might as well hear it from the place they need to hear it from. And then hear the right thing about it. They don't need to know that it's just mommy or daddy telling me not to have sex. They need to know that is God saying not to have sex. First Corinthians chapter 6, look in verse 13. He said, meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both of them. Now the body is not, it is not, it's not, it didn't say now the body is a lot for fornication. Are y'all in the verse I'm in? It said, but the body is not for what class? For fornication, but for the who? But for the Lord, and the Lord for the what? Body. Look at the verse. The next verse. And God has raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his own power. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall you take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. Verse 16. What? Know you not that he which joined, is joined to a harlot or a prostitute, that's the word we use these days, or, you know, uh, you know, there are other words that we use too. 
I'll say the English correct word, whore. Okay, so use the garden too to say the, the other one and you, you understand what I'm saying. Know you not that he which is joined to a prostitute is of one body? For two said he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. What's the next word, class? Come on, class. Come on, class. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without his body, but he that commits fornication, sexual immorality, sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own? For you have been bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Let me explain something to you. See, here's the thing about walking in the flesh or producing fruit in the spirit. God's not keeping a tab on your sins. But he is keeping a tab on your fruit. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if y'all got it. God is not keeping a tab of your sins because your sins have been forgiven. Now, if you sin now, you asking for forgiveness is not necessarily for God to forgive your eternal state of sin because that was done through the finished work of Jesus Christ. When you, if you sin today and you're asking for forgiveness, it's so that you can stay in fellowship with God and hear Him. That's all it's for. Well, God's not keeping a tab of your sins. He's keeping a tab of your fruit. And watch this. You're either producing fruit from the Spirit. What does the word fruit mean? Come on, class. So if he's keeping a tab of my fruit, because we know that he says he needed our fruit to remain. That's what he said. If he needs it to remain, that means he's keeping tabs of it. So watch this now. He's keeping tabs of my fruit, and my fruit means works, acts, and deeds. But watch this though. I can produce works, acts, and deeds spiritually that will help my life. But based on the works of the flesh, the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh, those are fruit too. So he's keeping tab of that fruit, not the sin from the fruit, but the fruit itself. Because remember, we are on top of the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says every man's work shall be revealed by fire. And if that man's work or fruit doesn't go through the fire, if it doesn't last, if it gets burned up, that man shall be saved. So basically, even though he's looking at the fruit of the flesh that we're producing, what it's doing is canceling out our fruit over here. It's like, think of yourself like a balance. Okay, so if my life consists more of the fruit of the flesh, then this is what my blessings going to look like. My blessings will be low, my flesh will be high. Are you all with me this morning? See, this right here should motivate you to live right, right here. Because, see, this is what keeps me, even though I haven't cussed in years, this is what keeps me from cussing people out. Because I want to produce fruit in my life. And you know what? They don't have enough uh, uh, weight in my life to cause me now to violate a fruit-producing principle so that I can't receive the, the, what's this, asking status? No, you don't weigh that much. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep my words to myself. 
Amen. You are either consistently showing the fruit of the Spirit or the works of the flesh. Here's the third one. I'll say this one real quick. He says, adultery, fornication. What's the next word? Come on, class. Everybody say uncleanness. Now, I know we don't use that word in our everyday conversation. You know, girl, I saw that girl. She was so unclean. We don't really use that word. So let me tell you what the word uncleanness means. It means impurity morally or physically. It means an impure mindset and motives. This is, this is the area, uncleanness, where lust starts. Now, it also says here, impure motives. Well, to have an impure motive, you have to have sometimes an impure mindset. Okay? Everybody say that's uncleanness. Now, I'm just saying, if you're doing some of these things, I'm just bringing them to your attention so you can stop. What's the next word? Some of us can't pronounce that word. Lasciviousness. I mean, when was the last time you used that one? Girl, when I was young, I was so lasciviousness. They're going to look at you like, what in the world are you saying? I can't even spell lasciviousness. To put it on my notes, you know what I did? I had to copy and paste. I don't even know how to spell the word. The word lasciviousness means unbridled lust. It means the expression of lustful thoughts, ideas, and actions. Here's the next one, idolatry. Idolatry means the worship of false gods. Amen. It's anything that you put before the living God. Here's the, set, uh, the next one they said. It's witchcraft. Now, I know m- most of us, we look, we, I don't practice witchcraft. The word witchcraft comes from the word pharm- pharmakia, which we get our English word pharmacy. And this is why, and it means the, the use or administering of drugs, sorcery, of ma- or magical arts. This is why doing drugs is a work of the flesh. Now, I'm not saying taking medication. That's different. But weed ain't medication. It might be in Florida right now, but it's not in Texas. See, witchcraft can be attached to stuff, too. Uh, Years ago, uh, my wife and I, we owned a business, and one of the employees had went out of... Uh, out of the country and they brought gifts back and they brought us back this item and uh, we didn't know at the time the item had a a curse of poverty on it so we put it in our house didn't feel any way toward it it wasn't really something that I would have picked but I didn't think it was something wrong with it and then my wife and I went through a season of financial struggle and it got so bad, I decided to just fast and pray about this thing. I said, something's wrong. We're tithing. We're giving offering. We're managing our money. Something is wrong. When you don't see God moving in your life, don't just keep doing what you're doing. If it's so serious, stop and take inventory. And that's what I did. We began to fast and pray. And I'll never forget, the Spirit of God spoke to me and says, and this is scriptural. I didn't look up the verse because I didn't think I would need it. But the verse says, a curse without cause shall not come. He said, in other words, a curse that doesn't have a reason should not even come. And so I said, well, Lord, there is no reason. 
And he said, yeah, it is. He said, there's something in your house. And we begin to look around, and, and it took me right to that item. And you know what? I was going to give the item away. He said, don't give that cursed item to nobody. Go take it to the dumpster. We were living in an apartment at the time. He said, go put it in the dumpster because it has a curse of poverty on it. Now, see, some of y'all don't believe in that. You don't have to. You don't even have to. That's why people who don't tithe, they don't realize there is a curse that you can fall under. It, it already exists. It's, it's like it's it's like the principles or the effects of a law that's already been set. In other words, if you run a stoplight and they stop you and they give you a ticket, it's not because they don't like you. It's because there's a law, there's a principle that's enforced that says if you run a stoplight, you can get a ticket. Well, there's a curse already operating that the world is under that says, listen, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. He goes on to say, even this whole nation is cursed. He said, listen, you can get from under that if you'll just bring the tithe. See, there's certain things that's going on already happening. Here's the next one. Everybody say hatred. That means to show hostility, to have an, a reason for opposition. It means enmity. It means to be against. Here's the next word, variance. Everybody say variance. It means a quarreler, someone who lives with contention, people who are always strifeful and debating. These are people who argue all the time. You can just say something normal like, honey, what do you want for dinner? Well, it seems like, well, so you cooking today, huh? What you cooking? Pork and beans and rice? I mean... These are people that debate and fight and uh, over anything. Then you have emulation. We don't use that word, but it means zeal and excitement of the mind that causes someone to embrace or defend anything. These are defensive people. Uh, honey, can you please pick up your underwear? Oh, so, so now, so now, so now, so now. Just defensive. Here's the next one. Wrath. That's just a passion, a fearness which makes one's breath hard. That's a person who breathes hard. Even when they're talking, they just passion. Oh, I'm just passionate. I'm passionate. Now, right now, you are wrathful. Here's the word, next word. Strife. This is contention. This is, now, it, it doesn't always mean what we think. It also means self-interest and selfishness. A desire to put oneself forward. So if you are a selfish person, that's a work of the flesh. Amen. Here's the next one. Sedition. We know we don't use that word. But it means a person who brings dissension, division, and separation. A person who brings disunion. So if you are always a person who is bringing division and separation, you are working in the flesh. Amen. Watch this. Here's the next one. Heresies. It's a body of people or men separating themselves from others and following their own tenets. 
This is separation arising from diversity of opinions of a standard biblical doctrine or teaching. These are people who say, well, I know that that's what they teach at Word of Truth, but I don't really believe that. And here you are poisoning everybody. Listen, it's, there's some doctrines that if it's not a life or death issue, I'm not even going to deal with you on. Because I'm not going to argue with you over something that's different. Listen, as long as I know that Jesus is the Christ, he was born of a virgin Mary. Watch this. He died and rose again and he, blood, he shed his blood for me, then I don't need to be worried about, well, what city did he really was raised in? Don't matter. Was he black or was he white? Don't matter. His blood was red and it was shed and that's all that matters. Amen. Envians. That's having ill will or jealousy towards somebody. Man, that's crazy, ain't it? Murders. That means the act of killing someone. But see, let me show you the spiritual side of murder because a lot of us are murdering people and we don't know it. To spiritually kill the positive influence of someone in another person's life. In other words, I could give my opinion on a lot of stuff, but if my opinion, my opinion, not the truth, but my opinion... If my opinion about somebody is going to kill their positive spiritual influence in your life, I just murdered you. Or I murdered the person who I'm talking about. That's why I don't talk about people. Because you don't know both sides of the story. Amen. Here's the last one. Drunkenness. What time is it? Oh, Jesus. It's 1030. I can wrap it up with these two words. Drunkenness. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room can define that one. It means the act of intoxication. That means to drink more than what you should. It means to be tipsy. It means to get a buzz. See, the reason I don't drink, first of all, I don't like the way it tastes, okay? Even though, if you notice, the more you drink, the better it tastes. Have y'all noticed that? Yeah. I only had one liberal, free hand in the whole building. No, beer tastes nasty, but if you just start drinking enough of it, it starts tasting good. Well, I don't drink because, number one, I don't like it. But number two, if I'm going to drink, it ain't just because I want to just sit around and be social. I, I, I might as well get drunk. Come on now. Some of y'all are like, man, I just want to get, yeah, okay, well. No. Here's the last one, revelings. Now, this word means rioting, or it means to make merry through eating and festivities and dancing. What does that sound like? Huh? I'm going to read that again. Revelings means rioting. It means to make merry through, or to have fun through eating and festivities and dancing. What does that sound like? The club. That's what that sounds like. Sound like the club. Ain't nothing wrong with having get-togethers and that kind of, But I'm telling you, some of y'all taking it too far. You ain't dancing in the name of the Lord. No, you're not. Because the person you're dancing with, that person ain't even saved. How are you dancing in the name of the Lord? Oh, I'm going to this club so I can save somebody. No, you're not. You're going into that club 
so you can sip on gin and juice. <laughs> but here's, here's my point, guys, and let me just say this, which leads me to point number three. Is that if the Spirit's going to show, your flesh has got to go, well, how's that going to happen? Your mind has to grow. Your mind has to grow. And let me tell you the secret to wrap this whole thing up. It's, on, it's only in one statement. Here's the secret. I have found that the, the way to get your mind changed about an action that you're currently doing is to do the right action about the thing. In other words, your mind changes as your obedience starts. Okay, let me say it like this. Your flesh will eventually submit to consistent actions. Okay, let me say it like this. Uh, my wife uh, had an issue with me, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, it was because I would, after I ate, I would put my plate in the sink and leave it in there. Now, even though my plate was in the midst of other plates, <laughs> she was having an issue with my plate. So I decided to eliminate all suspects when it came to Evan Connor. So today, I have been washing my plate, putting it in the dishwasher. She's talking about I want to be a miracle. But, but in order for you to have consistent obedience, you have to have zero tolerance. I was at the office the other day, and I don't have to wash my plate at the office because somebody will come and wash it for me. But you know what? I wash my plate at the office because if I open up the door at the office, it's going to open back up in my house. You got to have zero tolerance when it comes. And the way that you start, listen, consistently producing fruit of the Spirit is when you consistently just don't start obeying the Word. That's it. That's it. That is how you consistently produce food. By first doing the action. And as you do the action, your mind will change. Because the other day, I'm telling you, I was washing that plate and I wanted to sit it down and it wouldn't let me do it. Now, that's not a sin. It is to my wife, though. <laughs> so I, I got to clear that sin up. And so I'm going to end this whole series by saying, producing fruit through your works or through your service, producing fruit through your sowing and producing fruit through, the, through your showing. Listen, there's no way on God's green earth that God's blessings shouldn't overflow in your life just by putting those three things in principle. Did y'all get anything out of the series? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Maybe you're here, every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here.